everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but friends, more importantly, I am thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there is power in the name of Jesus, and as we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for our potter, Jesus, to transform. If you're new to our show, you'll find that this podcast is built upon a foundation of biblical truth. And being a podcast, when I interject an opinion, I make sure to let you know it is only my opinion and not a statement of fact. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we will delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, friends, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. The blessing comes in the form of a benediction from Moses' brother, priest Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, friends, today we're talking about the book of Ruth. And you know, friends, relationships matter. No matter what anyone says, God put relationships into our lives to serve a purpose. And when we glorify the kingdom of God with that purpose, he is absolutely delighted. So if you've been following this podcast for any time, I want to welcome you back. If you're new, welcome. We are exploring the dark days of Israel when people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And yet, even among these dark times, there were still people who followed God, a remnant, so to speak. So allow me to introduce you to Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz. And today, I'll be guiding our journey as we travel through the book of Ruth. I will attempt to show, showcase, really, Naomi and Ruth's friendship as the beautiful examples of loyalty and commitment to God and to one another. And this story takes place among the rule of the judges. We learn possibly from the prophet Samuel in Judges chapter 17, verse 6. In those days, Israel had no king, so the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Today, as much as in Naomi and Ruth's day, everyone seems to put his or her interest first. Time has not changed human nature. Most people still reject God's right way of living, and anyone who has not submitted to God will end up doing whatever seems right at the time. This tendency is present in all of us. To know what is right and to have the strength to do it, we need to draw close to God and his word. Now, the purpose of the book of Ruth is to show us how three people remain strong in character and true to God, even when the society around them was collapsing. And if you're curious as to the author of the book of Ruth, it is unknown, but it's been suggested the prophet Samuel may have written it, but internal evidence suggests that it was written after Samuel's death. So really, we're not sure who the author was. But 
other than we know all word, all scripture is inspired by God himself. So first things first, let's address who Naomi was and who was Ruth. Well, this is the story about a mother-in-law and about a daughter-in-law. Many people expect right here the insertion of a negative statement or some humorous antidote, you know, a joke. Well, in my opinion, this is one way the enemy of the family wages war. He wants nothing more than to disrespect and he wants discord within the family. You might agree that the narrative surrounding the mother-in-law caricature has been a standard centerpiece of ridicule or even comedy. Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. Now, a blueprint for the Book of Ruth looks and sounds like this. Naomi's sons had died, and her husband, Elimelech, just died, leaving her a widow. They had lived in Bethlehem, but had moved to Moab. After her husband and sons died, Naomi returned to Bethlehem with her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Ruth and Naomi had different cultures, family backgrounds, and even an age gap existed between them. So our first introduction to Ruth is that of a destitute widow. Now we're told in Ruth chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave. Moab to return to her homeland. Well, Ruth was a Moabitess, or a Canaanite, and Moabites were not allowed to worship at the temple because they had not let the Israelites pass through their land during the exodus from Egypt. And as God's chosen nation, Israel should have set the standards of high moral living for the other nations. But ironically, it was Ruth, a Moabitess, whom God used as an example of what genuine spiritual character looks like. She was the model for them. There was almost nothing worse than being a widow in the ancient world. Widows were often taken advantage of or just flatly ignored. They were almost always poverty-stricken, and God's law said that the nearest relative of the dead husband should care for the widow. But Naomi had no relatives in Moab, and she didn't know if any relatives were alive in Israel. Naomi's attitude was selfless. She was pure. She cared about both of her daughters-in-law who were widowed now as well, and she encouraged them to stay in their homeland and remarry. One said okay, but not Ruth. She said Naomi's God would be her God too. She potentially would give up a future and security of children and marrying ever again in order to care for Naomi, her mother-in-law. When we look further into Ruth and Naomi's stories, we find that these two share a story like so many others throughout the Bible, where these two are interwoven so closely that they are nearly inseparable. We know more about their relationships than about them as individuals. More so now than any other time in history, there is a focus on individualism. Their stories help us to see that relationships matter. The nature of their relationship probably allowed for both tension and tenderness to exist. They shared deep sorrow, great affection for each other, and an overriding commitment to the God of Israel. 
while they depended upon each other, they also gave each other a good deal of freedom. Naomi was willing to let Ruth return to her family as she prepared to move back to her homeland. But Ruth said no and left her homeland of Moab to go to Israel. God took center stage of these women's lives. Ruth came to know God through Naomi. Naomi allowed Ruth to see, hear, and feel all the joy and anguish of her relationship to God. Our thoughts and questions should also prompt us to include them into all of our relationships. When we share openly about our relationship with God, this can bring a level of depth and intimacy to our relationship with others. You see, Ruth was committed to Naomi. Listen to what she said in Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. I will go wherever you go and live wherever you live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. I will die where you die and will be buried there. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. The Israelites were discouraged from having friendly relations with the Moabites because they had not let the Israelites pass through their land, as I said earlier, from the exodus out of Egypt. They were also not allowed to worship at the tabernacle. Life in Israel had become so bleak that God was using Ruth as an example of this genuine spiritual character, and now we're going to learn how to build that up. Ruth would come to know the true God and worship him, and God accepted her worship, and God blessed her greatly. The Jews were not the only people God loved. God chose the Jews to be the people through whom the rest of the world would come to know him. This was fulfilled when Jesus was born a Jew. Through him, the entire world can come to know God. Acts tells us, and this is Paul speaking, of course, in every nation, there are hearts restless for God, ready to receive the good news. But someone must take it to them. See, our King God is not enough. People must find him. We're the hands, feet, and voice of God, and we must show others the way to God. In every nation, God accepts those who fear him and do what is right. God accepts all who worship him. He works through people regardless of their race, or nationality. We see in the book of Ruth God's impartiality playing out. Although Ruth belonged to a race often despised by Israel, she was blessed because of her faithfulness. God can use every circumstance we will encounter to build his kingdom. Naomi, as we said, was Ruth's mother-in-law. Now, Naomi had experienced severe hardships she had left Israel, married and secure. She returned widowed and poor. Naomi changed her name to express the bitterness and pain she felt. Naomi wasn't rejecting God by openly expressing her pain. Momentarily, she seemed to have lost sight of the tremendous resources she had in her relationship with Ruth and with God. You see, we all face setbacks, hardships, and bitter times during our lives. But God welcomes our heartfelt prayers of honesty. We must remain vigilant to the love, strength, and resources that he provides within our present relationships. It's important that we not allow bitterness to blind us to opportunities. Ruth chapter 1 verse 22 
Naomi and Ruth arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, Bethlehem, the appeal The appeal of idols was about five miles southwest of Jerusalem, but the town was surrounded by lush fields and olive groves. Its harvests were abundant. Ruth and Naomi's return to Bethlehem was certainly part of God's plan, because in this town, David was to be born, and the prophet Micah predicted Jesus Christ would also be born there. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, and this is the prophet Micah speaking, but you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. Now, Ephrathah a, a was the district in which Bethlehem was located. Of course, the ruler Micah predicted was Jesus. Hundreds of years before it happened, he predicted both the first place and person who could save the people. He would be the promised eternal king in David's line who would come to live as a man had been alive forever, whose origins are from the distant past. Although eternal Christ entered human history as the man Jesus of Nazareth, setting aside his deity, the move to Bethlehem proved for Ruth and Naomi to be more than convenient. It led to the fulfillment of Scripture. During the spring and fall were the barley harvest. The women arrived for the spring harvest, and this would signify a time of hope and plenty. Bethlehem was a farming community, and because it was the time of the spring harvest, there was plenty of leftover grain in the field. This grain could be collected or gleaned. Gleaning means that any grain that was dropped after the harvesters cut down the stalks and tied them into bundles were to be left for the poor people. After gleaning the barley, it would be food for Ruth and Naomi. This law was in effect allowing for the feeding of the poor and to prevent the owners from becoming hoarders. This was a type of welfare program in Israel. Ruth had no means to support herself because she was a widow. She went into the fields to glean grain for she and Naomi. She took the initiative in a foreign land. She didn't wait around for good luck to come and find her. She admitted she had a need and worked hard to supply it. God provided for her when she took that first step of faith out into the fields. When we step out, we demonstrate just how important our need is. Day in and day out, Ruth was faithful to her commitment. The work was menial tiring, and perhaps degrading, yet she didn't complain. She knew the proverb from Solomon, chapter 18, verse 21, that taught, those who love to talk will experience the consequences for the tongue can kill or nourish life. Ruth shows us through her actions that her life had many redeeming qualities. She was hardworking, loving, kind, faithful, and brave. While these qualities gained her a good reputation, she demonstrated them consistently. Her character remained the same. Our reputations are built on consistently living out the qualities we believe in, no matter what outside influences are doing. The characters we're introduced to in Ruth are good people. They epitomize the friendships that we long for. There's another main character that was mentioned earlier. His name is Boaz. He is a type of hero. You see, he placed others' needs ahead of his own. Boaz was 
a hero indeed. He was always sensitive to the needs of others. His words to his employees, relatives, and others were always colored with kindness. He was open to helping others. And when he discovered who Ruth was, he took several steps to help her because she had been faithful to his relative, Naomi. When Naomi advised Ruth to request his protection, he was ready to marry her if the legal complications could be worked out. He was full of integrity. Boaz not only did what was right, but he acted right away. Of course, at the time, he was not able to know all that his actions would accomplish. The child of he and Ruth would, have, would be an ancestor of both King David and Jesus. He raised up to accept the challenge life had given him. When we have choices to make, often the easier one is not the right one. More often not, the choice is clear. Naomi would praise God for Boaz's kindness to Ruth. Ruth may not have recognized God's guidance, but he had been with her every step of the way. She went to a field to glean and just happened to end up in a field owned by Boaz, who just happened to be a close relative. This was no coincidence. It was the hand of God directing their paths and steps. God is also directing our steps in our lives to bring glory to his kingdom. Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. This meant he was a relative who volunteered to take responsibility for the extended family. We also have a family redeemer in Jesus Christ. He redeemed us from sin and hopelessness. He purchased us to be his own possession. Ruth's love for her mother-in-law was well-known throughout the town. The bottom line, friends, is everything belongs to God, the glorious, eternal King. Let me leave you with this, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people, belong to him. Amen. Friends, if you have not been spiritually reborn, wouldn't now be a good time? God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in his son Jesus by professing with their mouth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. Our sin was placed onto Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. We can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing and making efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. Today, friends, if this is you respectfully, I challenge you to take a bold step of courage and openly confess after me. Father God, today I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. I'm placing my faith into your hands. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sins from the top of my head to the soles of my feet at the cross on Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And consider growing and joining a good Bible-based church, surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers who will build up and help edify your faith in Jesus. Now, allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations, and God bless you.
Friends, the grace and peace of God love wins is going to be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present day lives. And friends, much of today's podcast referenced the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins book. If you found it inspiring, you can go to PamPastorCopywriting.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you can't afford a copy, write to me. I'm going to get a copy into your hands. Until next time, you remember you've been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.